0: Hello and welcome to Business Unmuted, a business discussion live on LinkedIn and shared on platforms including YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. As ever, we're kindly sponsored by Virtue BMW, which is part of Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC. So if you're in the market for a new, used or fleet vehicle, its dealerships are in Stockton, Durham, Sunderland, Malton or York. Later on, we'll hear from a government minister and an MP from our region about the investments in levelling up. But first, it's been a big week in the news. Long queues at service stations across the country for fuel. And after a bumper period of recovery, there are now whispers of an approaching stagflation scenario. The dreaded combination of poor growth and rising prices joining me in the studio today is the chief executive of one of the north's largest charities david stockton and down the line we have jill hunter the managing director of an award-winning law firm and the editor of one of the most trusted business news sites philip cunliffe so let's start with jill hunter from square one law Jill, welcome. Nice to see you. And it's nice to see you because since I last spoke to you, you are now working for an award-winning firm. Square One Law has won uh, Corporate Law Firm of the, war, of the Year at the Northeast Dealmakers Awards. Uh, obviously, you'd be proud of that.
1: Yeah, we're absolutely delighted, Graham. I mean, for, for us, um, winning the award, uh, it's not just about us. It's about our clients and it's the work that our clients have entrusted us with that's enabled us to, to win that award. Um, we've been involved in numerous deals over the last year in particularly difficult circumstances, as everybody's aware. Um, so it's great to have that that recognition of, of what, what we've achieved, because some of the transactions we've been involved in have, have not only got um, significance for the clients, but also broader significance for the regional economy. Um, things like the turntide deal that we did, which is bringing electrification um, to the region in a very uh, coordinated way and should make this a, a centre for electrification within within the UK um, and of and, course a deal uh, uh, as well as that a
0: hundred million pounds of
1: inward investment to the region in that deal alone absolutely um, it's a US backed deal um, and they really see this region as a place that can offer them um, a centre for their their operations within the UK and that's that's brilliant to see
0: Now, just to ask you about the landscape for deals, because you won this great award as Dealmaker of the Year, but half of that year, at least, was in lockdown or restrictions. How did you manage to make sure you kept the connectivity of your firm to keep
1: getting the market going? How did you do that? Great, but it was a huge team effort. Um, I'm very lucky that I've got a, a great team. Uh, everybody is bought into what we want to do and what we want to try to achieve, um, and it all came down to relationships. We we've got exceptionally good, strong relationships as an internal team, but also with our clients. And what we did was we we worked with our clients, particularly in the first six months, at uh, looking at what they needed during that time and how we could provide it. So. Um, It was one of the things that was recognized when we received the award was the support that we provided to businesses during COVID on a no charging basis. You know, we helped Mm. people with funding applications. We shared our experiences of how to manage remote working. um, And we learned a lot from our clients as well. Um, but we did things like, uh, and you were involved in them, setting up um, support groups, fellowship groups for for senior leaders to be able to talk through these unprecedented problems that they were facing. Um, and we even uh, lobbied <laughs> lobbied uh, for for support for businesses in the northeast uh, I mean, into the
0: Yeah, your 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 part, the senior leadership of the firm was very vocal when it thought the government was getting it wrong. It wrote to the government and said so, but it didn't do so in a sort of uh, offensive way. It gave practical advice and went straight into ministers' inboxes by just through the front door. Really, let's bring Philip in because he gave you the award. Philip from Insider Media, you run these awards and you've got a great uh, reputation as a, a, a business uh, platform with its finger on the pulse. Um, how did these dealmaker awards come about this year? Was it an unusual event to to, to, to pull everyone together after lockdown?
2: yeah well, it was unusual in, in the fact that we uh, were able to held it hold it in person um sadly last year we weren't able to do that um so it was great to be able to 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 have the awards once again and uh, um you know we had uh, a packed um, room in in, in uh, at the hilton newcastle gateshead um it was the first event we we've held in the region since the the, the pandemic so it's a really special night for us to 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 be uh, there and I, and I have to say, Graham, I I think and I hope Jill will back me up on this. There was a sort of palpable sense of joy that we were all back uh, uh, in 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 a room celebrating again, and and that's really the heart of the awards um, for us. Um, uh, not only you know we give people an opportunity to win awards, of course, and that's great for people who who win them, but it's actually about getting the the corporate finance community together and and uh, uh, and, and and talking together and. Um, you know, who knows, um, looking at uh, future deals down down the line. So it's a really important night for us and and for the region. It went really well. Thank you. Jill, give us a a temperature check. Where do you think
0: the economy is in terms of uh, momentum for deals, momentum for transactions uh, and the general um, positivity or negativity of your client groups at the moment?
1: Well, if you'd asked me that 12 months ago, I would have given you a very shaky response around, ooh, I'm not really sure. It's very difficult to tell. But at the moment, you know, you can only speak from our experience. um, People want to do things. People Mm. are... Fed up of not doing anything, of the period of stasis that we've been through, and want to just get on with things. So, we have completed um, numerous deals over the last uh, few months, and we've got a lot in the pipeline as well. So, people are, are still active. So, I would say I'm cautiously optimistic about the future, um, particularly around corporate finance deals. Um, it does seem that people want to, to do deals and are, are keen to get things done. Um, yeah. I'll, and, and, I'll, and that's I'll great. I would share that assessment
0: in my uh, client portfolio, which
1: is smaller than
0: yours, but nevertheless has business owners of a relatively large size as well. Um, I found a lot of them returning to work, getting into their workplace, looking at opportunities. Uh, some of them who you might've expected, I, I've got one particular client who's in his seventies, very well known, uh, wealthy individual, who's decided to go on the acquisition trail. He said, well, I'm, I'm sick of being on, in lockdown and in go slow. We're gonna go on the acquisition trail. And it seems to be that getting back in the workplace has fired people up rather than slowed it down.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think there are also people, who perhaps were were thinking about selling their businesses previously and the pandemic has 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 accelerated that process and they thought actually now is the time for me to to move on. So we, we've been doing a real mix of sales and acquisitions. Uh, but I agree, um, everybody being able to, put Philip upon up on there, you know, people being able to get together does make a real difference. And it's been really good for our team, for us to be able to get together as a business in our new office in Darlington last week, we all got together, the whole, the whole firm, um, but also for us to be able to get out and see clients and talk to them face to face about what they're doing and, and, and how they're approaching business.
0: Philip, I think that uh, the the people I meet are sometimes frustrated that there are constant new obstacles. I went into my local council to uh, transact some business and I had to make an appointment because no one was working. Um, We then have... You're organising a meeting and then you have to work out how to get to it because there's a petrol shortage. So these are possibly temporary obstacles, but people are chomping at the bit to get over those obstacles and get their economy fired up in their sectors. What kind of thing is this over optimistic on my part? What kind of thing are you hearing?
2: No, I, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, we we um, we speak to businesses all the time. And, and yes, there will there, there, there's, it's likely to be a somewhat rocky road. Uh, ahead in the next uh, sort of year as we come out of the, uh, uh, of, of the pandemic and everything opens up again. Um, but I see um, lots of business with plenty of resolve and a clear desire to make positive growth plans uh, as we come out of the pandemic. And uh, obviously, certain sectors, hospitality and leisure in particular, um, you know, have been severely hit. Um, but others, um, uh, manufacturers. We speak to a lot of manufacturers in, in the region and, and across the country um, that seem to be coming out of it in, in pretty good shape, actually. Um, and what the impact uh, of the termination of, um, of furlough will be um, is, is a little bit uncertain at the moment and difficult to predict. Um, and there'll be other casualties, I'm sure. Um, you know, uh, but but a great many businesses have, have weathered the storm. Uh, and a stronger and 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 more robust, I think, the, the, than ever. Um, some have obviously um, diversified into new markets, found different income streams, uh, new customers, uh, and many have been forced to adapt to new working practices, of course, um, and altering their their investment plans. But uh, um, I think by streamlining their 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 offering. Um, looking at new at new markets it's really given them a, a, as you say an impetus to mo- to move forward Philip um, Philip, you also as insider media run these awards for property. We talked about the deal do.
0: makers a moment ago, but you've run property awards in the recent weeks in the northeast of England and yorkshire of course. um Tell us what your temperature check is on uh, what people are saying on the property market
2: yeah again a very very similar actually graham uh, you know obviously the pandemic there was quite a lot of uh, um, not stagnation, but uh, a lot of fear that things weren't going to get done. Um, but the construction industry kept on working on on developments, and there've been a lot uh, of, of new schemes um, coming into the into the market. So the, the property awards um, sort of look at the full range of, of activity uh, across the northeast. Um, but it was uh, one. Striking uh, thing we we saw certainly within the the, the submissions we got and, and and the eventual winners. There's a lot of activity around Tees Valley, um, and obviously that's been stimulated by um, Ben Houchen uh, and the Tees Valley uh, combined authority. The lot of investments they've been doing and uh, that's really galvanised that 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 whole part of the the region. I think and it's going to be very interesting to see uh how that develops in the in, in the future i think um, the free
0: port and the treasury announcements were certainly instrumental and i know jill you decided your firm to invest more you've just alluded to that so there is but we we've got to make sure that tees Valley, well, and we're going to talk about it with the minister in a minute isn't just the, the, the sort of petri dish of leveling up we've got to make sure the leveling up happens across the north haven't we
2: yeah no i i, I absolutely agree and um you know i don't want necessarily just focus on tees Valley. There there have been lots of other property and, and other deals happening all over the uh, uh, over over the region um yeah and i think the, the other thing uh, to say about um uh, the tees valley and the northeast is it's becoming much more apparent to me that the, the northeast is a player in the northern powerhouse where i think but b- before a few years ago when there was first idea of um, the northern northern powerhouse uh, it was a slightly forgotten um a relation in in uh, in the north but i think it's really Powered front and
1: centre actually now, and uh, uh, for the front That's future. good to hear, Jill.
0: Have you got any comments on this before we move
1: on? Yeah, I, mean, I, I just just to, to echo what Phil said. I think um, the, the you know the the Tees Valley in particular has really come to the fore I and mean, it's one of the reasons why um, when we were looking at expanding our office in the Tees Valley, we, we chose Darlington because of the the uh, movement of the government departments there, the fact it's on the East Coast Main Line. It's, it, it's certainly going to be a centre, I'm hoping, for, for, for business growth in the future.
0: Well, some of us that are here hope that as well, but thank you very much. Thank you both for joining us. Jill, congratulations on your award you. and Phil, keep connecting people and keep giving them awards. Thank you very You're much welcome.
2: indeed. Thank you
0: ma'am. we're going to turn to something else now and welcome our studio guest who is david stockton chief executive of the northeast air ambulance now david many people will know and think the air ambulance is a fundamentally important charity quite a few people ask why is it a charity at all and Very we true. don't have air ambulances tell us you would heard the, the two of them talking about their positivity about the economy when it comes to corporate giving and so on how have you fared
3: um, like many charities, we, we've we've had a difficult period, basically, uh, during during the pandemic. It was really encouraging to listen to both Phil and to, to Jill there, basically, around the positivity in the area. Because clearly, in, in the charity sector, we're very reliant on on that buzz and, and that confidence that, that's generated in the area. And we cover both northwest and northeast, so we've got an eye on, on, on both areas at the moment. But certainly, when we, when we look to, to our own confidence levels, we have, during that pandemic, we'd already committed to updating two helicopters, moving to a head office so we we'd we'd had huge commitment but basically that's a lot of businesses may have well have gone it's a really crazy time to be doing all of those things a massive expenditure but we we are are leaping out every day in faith basically because we have to to look to the positivity of, of the the businesses in the area to, to fund that, that growth and that positivity for us, because our, our th- in, in it, and we're, we're no different to any other charity in the third sector, is the fact that we can only um, prosper and we can only go forward with the help of a, a very vibrant economy and, and a good jobs market and, and thriving businesses. So we, we have a very clear look at what's going on in that market and we're, we're, we're very, um, very very respectful and very um, thankful, basically, that that's quite buoyant at the moment and looking forwards.
0: Let's hear the, the fundamentals from the businesses will want to know the fundamentals of the Air sure. Ambulance. So how many uh, 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 helicopters have you got and how often do they fly and, and what okay. kind of uh, uh, the times of operations? Do they close down at night? Give, give us a feel for what the operation's like.
3: So so basically if I, if I go back a step from that, basically as to what the Air Ambulance does, because the Air Ambulance is not just a, a quick taxi, although we, we clearly do, do that. We, we are a very quick means of, of getting um, people in need. To hospital as and when that's needed. But we actually do it the other way around. So we bring the emergency department forward to wherever that trauma happens to be. So whether that, that be uh, a stabbing, a, a hanging, a, a fall, a cardiac arrest, a car crash, a motorbike accident, we will go and bring the emergency department onto the scene. What I mean by that is that we will bring a very well qualified consultant and a, and a very um, experienced paramedic. Right to the heart of, of, of that that event, basically where it is. So we will um, carry blood on board. We we will um, have um, lots of um, equipment and drugs, basically to allow us to treat them, basically in getting the the critical care they need at the earliest intervention that we can. Because what's been proven is the earliest that we can um, intervene with, with a with a high trauma case, the better success rate that we have. And and that's essentially what we do. So the ambulance is is essential to get into some of some of our areas. But what's really critical and what's unique about what we do is the skill level and, and the equipment that we bring basically when we bring that uh, incredible asset basically to, to the scene.
0: On the uh, ambulance itself who, who are uh, volunteers who are paid?
3: Um, we, we pay for all of our team basically so all, all, of, our, all of our team our, our paramedics work with us full-time so they're others um, they, they've, they've committed to, to, to full-time work with us our um, doctors are a mixture of um, um, emergency doctor consultants at your local hospitals, NHS uh, workers, where they work full time and they, they work for us on top of that. So incredibly heavy workload, as you imagine, basically, uh, with all the pandemic and all the work they've been going through, they, they, they really are, are committing uh, quite a lot of time to us and, and we're very thankful of that. Or they may well be um, members of the military, so we have military doctors that work with us as well. Um, so they'll work again full time, basically, in, in, the, in the military deployments and then they'll come to us. Um, or um, there'll they, they'll, they'll be um, one or two, three days a week, uh, a month, sorry, basically, that they'll be coming out and working with us on there. So we have quite a large pool of, of doctors that work with us to cover the, the length of time that we have. To answer your first question, wh- when do we operate? So we have two um, helicopters operational every day, um, one based in Langwathby, near Penrith, and one based in early nuke basically. It, it, it's, um, uh, just outside of Teesside Airport um, so they, between the two of them they will cover the whole of the area basically so they'll be operational every time generally between about eight and eight basically in the morning <coughs> excuse me till eight, eight, eight in the evening we then don't stop though because um, on a number of those evenings basically in the northeast we, we cover four evenings of the week and in the northwest two evenings a week we'll put those same resources out on our car system and when we can't fly basically to get out and about and basically have a car service so they're doing exactly the same service and uh, put by road as opposed to being by air.
0: Well it's a fantastic service I noticed our two other guests looking on and admiring <laughs> and uh, they do a great job and I'm very pleased that you've been able to weather the pandemic and, have. and you're going to take your service from strength to strength. Thank you very much for joining Thanks us.
3: Thanks very much Graham. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: And now, finally, with levelling up a hot topic on the government's agenda, I spoke to Paul Howell, MP for Sedgefield, this morning. He recently hosted the Minister for Science, Research and Innovation, George Freeman, on a visit to Netpark in Sedgefield. First, though, I asked Mr Freeman what the effect of a £50 million investment by Durham County Council into Netpark will have on our region. Well, I think it'll have a fantastic effect on the future. It's a sign of the long-term commitment to the park. It's a sign of what's going on in the northeast, from Darlington, Teesside, Durham, Newton Aycliffe, uh, up to New- Newcastle and up into Northumberland. The truth is, the northeast was the engineering and coal workforce of the, of the empire. It's becoming again an engineering, smart engineering, advanced manufacturing, science and technology workhouse of 21st century Britain. And I think anyone internationally would be looking and saying, "Hang on." This, this area is starting to really lead in the technologies of tomorrow, and that's very exciting for all the residents who live here. Paul, we saw you there next to George Freeman at Netpark. What do you think that the investment in Netpark means towards the future of the economy in your patch, Sedgefield?
4: Oh, I think it's incredible what's going on at Netpark, Graham. I mean, the, as you know, the council just committed to this 50 million investment to extend it to Netpark Three, And what that does is for businesses that are existing on Netpark, it gives them extra capacity for them to grow into space where they want to. It also gives more opportunity for new businesses to come in. I'm delighted that the, you know, everybody's telling me that right here, right now, Netpark is full, full mm. of great and outstanding businesses. The same time
0: that George Freeman was visiting, uh, Michael Gove, the new minister for levelling up was visiting this area. Uh, that's the Tees Valley part of the Northeast. What is levelling up and has the government got a narrative that backs up what's happening?
4: I think that there's a, a narrative that, thread, that that feeds through so many themes Graham. I think one of the problems with the phrase levelling up is it's very easy to knock because you can find out the things you haven't done but there are so many good things that will do that all feed into it. You know whether that's about infrastructure, whether it's about you know places like Netpark there. I mean George is an example in one of the conversations we had talked about you know when you're putting new uh, train stations in know that could be in the uh, Durham Dales or it could be at Furry Hill station but what you've got is the opportunity for a a little eco structure to build around that train station and have little businesses that suddenly grow and and help the local community as well.
0: It's very different train stations that you're talking about which the public would understand and science investment Mm. which George Freeman was looking at. Mm.
4: Can the two be in the same ballpark? Everything has to be in the same ballpark, Graham. It's 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 not one thing to one person. You know, levelling up. If it levels up for somebody in um, Sedgefield, it might not level up for somebody in Trimden with exactly the same, with with completely different things that they want to see, you know, or somebody in Wheatley Hill, or somebody in Hurworth, or you know, or, or even further afield. You know, this is about everybody seeing what they want from levelling up, not just what the government sees as a as a macro level issue.
0: This programme is recorded in Tees Valley and Tees Valley clearly has been a very big success for the Conservative government politically with Mm -hmm. the number of MPs and the mayor being re-elected. Is the government sufficiently focusing on other areas of the north of England to count levelling up as a national policy?
4: I I, I would say so Graham. I mean I I, obviously I deal in my constituency nicely sits half in maybe a third in the Tees Valley and two thirds in County Durham and I know the agendas that's going on in County Durham that's going on. As recently as yesterday, I was at a meeting on the levelling up fund in County Durham to try to decide and make decisions as to where we think that that should be applied. This week
0: has been a a difficult week for the government. The Labour Party is having its conference and promising a number of things like getting rid of business rates, which a lot of businesses will be pleased about. And it's difficult for people to get petrol and fuel at fuel stations. You're on the Business Select Committee do you think that the government at the moment is getting everything right? Because there seems to be a lot of pushback and people's experiences on the ground might not think that it's all going well.
4: I think you've always got the opportunity for pushback on whatever, whatever's happening at any time, Graeme. Um, I think you know, the, the fuel crisis, if that's the right phrase, You know, I've driven through Darlington this morning, I drove through last night, there was no queues at any petrol stations. You know, I think it's very much driven by a spike in demand of, Um, you know people panicking due to media uh, overspin of an issue unfortunately Uh, yes there's issues yes we need to get more HGV drivers on the road and and, and to improve that situation but I think it's very difficult for the government to react to a spike and and be blamed for something like that
0: the business criticism of the government appears to be that it didn't plan brexit properly and this HGV issue has been known for a long time is there some uh, uh, legitimacy and criticising the government for not making adequate Brexit plans.
4: I, I don't think so. And you know, from, from the information I see, Graham, the HGV driver crisis is not a UK crisis; it's a European crisis. You know, there are many, many countries across Europe that are in exactly the same space as us. But you will always get uh, people from various, you know, vested interests or you know, their own perspectives. claiming that anything and everything that's not right at the moment is Brexit and clearly that's not the case.
0: Well it was good to see you out and about with the Minister in your constituency and I know you're you're pretty well connected with all the businesses that are investing in your constituency and thank you for coming in to talk to us on Business Unmuted.
4: Thanks Graeme, it's a pleasure to be here and I have to just put a final note, George Freeman as an MP, as a Minister in there was so impressive, he knew his stuff and it was a delight to see him at NetPark.
0: Thank you Paul and thank you for watching Business Unmuted this week,
2: another programme live Wednesday 5 o'clock next week.